Cameron, 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 Chameleon. He comes and goes. He comes and goes. Podcasting would be easy if your colors were like my dreams. That's one of my favorite songs ever, by the way. I don't know if you know that song. Yeah. Culture Club. I have that, I that do, whole album. I do know the song. LP. Um, it's so fucking good. I've taught that song before. Oh. Yeah. I've transcribed that song. Great. Such yeah. a good song. That's the only song by them that I know. That whole album's good. I, I never actually got into Boy George's solo stuff, but I love that one Culture Club record that I have. Is Culture Club spelled with K's? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> like Krusty Krab? Oh, well, I guess that's one that's one way to take it. <laughs> the Krusty well, only Krab two. clan. <laughs> oh, they Is did, that what that's all about? <laughs> I, they did uh, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Interesting, I didn't know that. Oh, I only know that um, because of Shrek 2. Me too, I'm ashamed when to the, say. When, the, when that fun gingerbread man sings it. Yeah, isn't oh, he singing at karaoke? Yeah. Kara, 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 karaoke chameleon. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. What I'm singing as if it were karaoke. <clears throat> so I was just singing Hey Jude for karaoke. Yeah. And this machine had, um, you know, in the na-na part. It, yeah. The the nanners part. The nanners. It only had... It only had... Um, Paul's like riffs at the very end like huh. it didn't have any nanas and I was like I didn't memorize all of the riffs in order <laughs> I knew that, that one okay <laughs> but that was the only one yeah but there's a lot of just like it's <laughs> <laughs> like I don't remember where that goes it's much more fun to sing the nanas just, anyway just let me sing nana I guess the yeah. idea would be that everyone would be singing "Na Na" and then I would do, and they'd be holding up a lighter. The Paul part, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <sighs> I guess you could just sing "Na Na's" on your own time. I just ended up doing it. <laughs> I just "Na Na'd," "Na Na'd," the watch land of "Na Na'd." Watch me, "Na Na." Now watch me whip. Now watch me, Jude. <laughs> now watch me, "Na Na." <laughs> It's Think Outside the Box set. <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's me, Hello. Nathan, and this is a podcast about learning. <laughs> learning to appreciate <laughs> the back catalog of an artist. Yeah. We are your primetime, drivetime, uh, shock jock DJs, Nathan, and... And I'm Cameron DeWitt. He Wait, is... I, I, I went for NPR DJ. Oh. <laughs> His <laughs> shtick is that he's calm. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> so, so uh, hello, Havoc everybody. and Bright Lights. Havoc and Bright Lights. It's not just the name of how I go to the club. It's also <laughs> the name of Alanis's album from 2012. Yes. Her very last album ever. Ever. She's, besides the one she's releasing this year, of course. Shh. <laughs> Shh. 
we always time our artist choices correctly. We <laughs> kind of, sort of, in a way, do. I, it it made me it made me like so uh, anxious that I was like checking Garth to see if he was going to release an album in 2018 uh-huh. too. <laughs> Because both Alanis and ICP are going to do that. No, he's never going to make an album again. Not of like new songs. Really? You think so? You think I don't totally think so. Done? Well, I, I mean, we did kill him, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, if he's somehow we're able to come back to life or if the, um, do you think if the, um, what's it called? The singularity happened that they would do yeah. Garth first? <laughs> <laughs> like Skynet would target him. <laughs> Yeah, like who who do which celebrity do we want to save first? Let's do Garth. Just oh, in to case. save, not to like murder Terminator 2 style. No, you know you know what the singularity is, right? It's when the AIs uh start making themselves smarter without our um, interference. Are you talking bad. about a different singularity? I thought the singularity was when um like human consciousness can like um uh, uh be downloaded. Oh, interesting. Well, I think there might be more than one singularity, which really sort of puts the lie to the name singularity. It's more yeah. like a triplearity or a dozenularity. A <laughs> hundredularity? I'm just saying, like... Uh, the, the thing we can the all agree of- on is that this joke, this bit that I'm doing, has a lot of <laughs> hilarity. No, it's definitely uh, uh, it's got a lot more legs than um, the idea of of uh, Garth AI. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me if you want I'm to live. <laughs> I'm shameless. Uh, <laughs> you see, the thing that happens is every time a human being is transformed into an AI, they automatically get Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice, even if they're Garth Brooks. <laughs> That's VH1 behind the bit. Are we going to talk about Alanis ever, do you think, tonight? Did you read this thing on Wikipedia? Uh, over a period of seven years, Morissette's business manager stole over $5 <gasps> million dollars from the singer. He admitted his that. guilt in April 2017 and was sentenced to six years in jail. What the fuck? That's pretty crazy. Well, the, the first crazy thing about that is that Alanis is still earning that kind of dough. Although I wonder if it's just like residuals from Jagged Little Pill. Because her albums right. are not selling super well at this point. No. Although this one no. was much more successful than the last couple albums. But now she's gotten in the podcast game. <laughs> That's where the real money is, right, Cameron? <laughs> right. Wink! <laughs> We're pulling in those ones of dollars every month. <laughs> Thanks, patro- Patrons. Thanks. I drank some tequila, just like my Patrons. Yeah, so... A lot of this album sounds very, very CCM-y. Oof. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of that, like, very positive alternative style vibes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not... It's not necessarily, like, the worst thing ever musically. Like, I... The thing, the thing that I, I think about that is... Alanis is very good about writing very catchy music and I appreciate that a great deal. At some point in my life, I think I just decided that catchy music is better than quote unquote interesting music to a Mm. pretty large degree. Like I, I I think, you know, if we talk about a band like Deerhoof, which is one of my favorite bands, 
they yeah. write very interesting music, but it's also extremely catchy and very poppy. At the same time, they're doing a bunch of like weird math rock stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that a great deal. I I can't really say that any of this stuff is catchy. I mean, I may really? have felt slight. I may have felt slightly caught by some of it, but like uh, I just puns. I just listened to this and I I couldn't sing a single melody back to you or like really? a single hook. I feel like this yeah. like keeps getting caught on my head. Yeah. Like these songs and the songs from the last couple albums too. It's just like I, every once in a while I sound find myself humming along to whatever. You know the yeah. Let's let's talk about Alanis's greatest hum, hummables. Top ten hummables. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, thank thank you. I think is the one that keeps popping thank up you. for me. Thank you. <laughs> That's how they say it in Dutch. They say danku. I think. Danku. Uh, danku. Danku. Thank you. Danku Kong. Okay. That, uh, that that's the one that keeps getting stuck in my head. It's not necessarily. How does that one go? I mean, it's definitely. Uh, thank you, something, something. Thank you, something, <laughs> something. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously, her words did not have a huge impact on me, but I thought <laughs> the melody was yeah. really pretty. That is a good melody. Also, I watched a video of her naked. Oh, singing now that so does that... get stuck in your head, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> her Merkin. Uh, her Vaseline Merkin. Yeah, <laughs> they have a weird smudgy thing on her crotch in that video. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely like some of these, some of these songs, and some of the songs in the last album or two were very catchy to me and keep re- reoccurring in my head. But I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Uh, another thing that happened between the last album and this album is that Alanis has become a mother, and a lot of the reviewers are mad about that. Hmm. Wikipedia has some quotes from some of the reviewers who are being really shitty to her and talking about how she's lost her edge, man, now that she's a parent. No, she lost her edge a long time ago. (laughs) Well, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's some very bad critical reception. Wikipedia says, however, the album did receive more scathing outcomes, mainly due to her musical style and her lyrical content, which was about spirituality and motherhood. Yeah. Is there mom's, mommy songs in this? There's one or two. Hmm. Yeah. I've already forgotten. Hermione Hobie from The Observer, which is the most British phrase I think I've ever utter- uttered. <laughs> Uh, Hermione Hobie from The Observer was critical toward the album. She stated, Alanis Morissette appears to be very happy and very into motherhood, which is great for her, but less great for her music. <laughs> what a shitty review. I know, right? Once again, not defending this album. I, d- I didn't like it, but like... Um, it was all right. It that's was pretty good. That's a shitty... At- I don't know. <laughs> it, it is a shitty like, attitude. To, to, to equate like... I don't know. Maybe maybe I've been doing some of the same stuff though and on this show, but like uh I still don't like it. <laughs> I mean, you've you've become the grumpy one, which is not what I would have predicted a month ago yeah. or t- 6 months ago. No, I knew some grumpiness was coming listening to Atlantis. <laughs> yeah. I knew I had it in me. Um the grump. Sp- speaking of grumpiness, the grumps. there's some of these grumpy grumps that I've given up on like I've given up on keep 
or I'm getting grumpy or even keeping track of when she mispronounces words because she does that a lot on this record. Oh boy. And I just can't She's keep not up. Even trying. She she mostly just like I think the the one that stands out to me the most is when she mispronounces words by emphasizing the wrong syllable. And it's just like yeah. oh Alanis, do you know words? Do you? <laughs> do you speak English or do you speak Canadian, huh? Yeah, is that how they speak up there? In America's hat. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, what a dumb thing to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the other thing about this album is it's not on Spotify. Alanis is on a new record label or something, and they are not into the streaming. Not Spotifying. Hmm. Yeah. This is uh, Collective Sounds USA is the record right. label, which is a... Oh, yeah. Collective Sounds USA. So they do not do the streaming and she is off of the Maverick record label, which was founded by Madonna in 1992. I didn't know that. Interesting. Interesting. Women. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we should listen to a Madonna. Oh, she's got so many albums, doesn't she? I have no idea. Well, sounds like you're the expert. Okay. Madonna. Madonna. Entertainer. That's how she's notated in Wikipedia. Should we start <gasps> talking about these tracks? Is that actually her name? Her first what? name is literally Madonna. I didn't know that. Oh. Madonna Louise Chicon. There you go. Wow. Okay. Well, let me see. Discography. She has not as many albums as I would have thought. 13 studio albums. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to add her to the list. Unless, there we go. Unless she's already on there. She could very well be. Mad- oh, yeah, she is. She's one of the first couple, first couple dozen that I put on my list. Okay. Well, you want to get into these songs? You want to talk about yeah. uh, The Guardian of the Galaxy? Not really. <laughs> you have to synopsize it, too, you piece of shit. Yeah. Casual cruelty. <laughs> now that's comedy. Alright. It's a pretty good synopsis so, of that song. Al- Alanis swears to protect you. I guess because you've been let down a lot in the past and you've suffered a lot. Um, that's all I got. Are there any more specifics in here? Uh, you who has smiled when you're in pain, you who has soldiered through the profane, they were distracted and shut down. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder, there are some people on the genius who think that this could be at least partially about motherhood. What do you think about that? Uh, I I mean, how long has she had a kid? I don't think for is this, very are you long. Saying the, are you saying the you is her little, little baby? Uh, well, on The Genius, it quotes an interview with Alanis saying that it could be about a child-parent relationship, about a friendship, or even about herself. And the quote is, I think it really shows how the parent-slash-guardian-angel role are linked, how ultimately a powerful inner parent calls upon spirit to guide her slash his choices on the loved one's behalf 
whether it is for a child, a friend, or an inner child, this love and this grace is available to uh, everyone. I can't. I just can't even listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally like like something physical happened, like where yeah. I just like stopped taking in information. Yeah. Um. I should drink. Co- I should drink coffee instead of cider. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. She had a two-year-old boy at this point when this album was I released. Just, I just don't think she's talking about a kid. It sounds like she's talking about an adult. Like this verse two, you, yeah. you in the chaos, feigning sane. I feel like that would be feigning sanity. I don't know. Uh, uh, you, I feel you like it could work chaos. either way. Well, uh, you, you in the chaos, feigning sane. You who was pushed beyond what's humane, them as a ghostly tumbleweed. How's that about a kid? What is that? I mean, uh, I'm not going to defend it. (laughs) Uh, Now, no more smile. This is almost all the lyrics. Now, no more smiling mid crestfall. No more managing unmanageables. No more holding still in the hailstorm. Yeah, that doesn't really sound like a baby, does it? No. Not at all. <laughs> I do like that the uh, the the transition of the chorus throughout the song is, and where was your watchman then? And then at the end of the song, it becomes, now enter your watchwoman. It's a real quis custodet ipsos custodes situation. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the... Duh. <laughs> yeah. Way to state the obvious. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's talk the, uh, down to me and our <laughs> listeners, <laughs> oh, asshole. Sorry to be pretentious. I should have just not mentioned it. And that's the um, that's the Latin for who watches the watchman. Oh, very good. Which it turns out in context is not about governments or about power structures. It's really shitty sexism. It is. Yeah, it's from. Uh, is it juvenile? His satires where he talks about like. Yeah, when you set up guards to guard your women and keep them from sleeping around behind your back, oh, God. who's watching those watchmen? And maybe yeah. the women are going to fuck those watchmen behind your back. That's a good point. Uh, very very powerful and capable men. Uh, <laughs> Probably super hot. <laughs> well. <laughs> Only ugly watchmen <laughs> for my household. Uh, that's what the Cali- the caliphs used to use Unix because of that, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's not really a joke. <laughs> mm. It's more of a tragic reality. Yeah. So this song sounds like a Fallout Boy song, kind of, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was very really? annoyed by it. Is, uh, is Fallout Boy the one that's like... We're going down, down, the sugar wheel coming out, swinging. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Well, why would you Um, say that it sounds like a Fall Out Boy song if you don't know who Fall Out Boy is? See, Fall Out Boy is sort of like a chameleon because, like, I, kids are still, they're, Fall Out Boy was popular when I was in high school. Like, they were just starting to get popular. But now, like, my high school students are listening to Fall Out Boy still. What? Really? And, yeah, they're listening uh, to forty-year-old men pretend to be high schoolers. Well, they're they're not necessarily playing that kind of music anymore. They just they hopped on the like sort of millennial folk bandwagon, you know, just a lot Ooh. of oos oh, no. and like they became know, Mumford stomp- and Sons. Not exactly, Fall but you know, it's like sons? stomp stomp claps and oos, you know, like vaguely acoustic not poppy like 
I mean, that is what pop it is, but you know, it doesn't sound like Katy Perry. You right. Know? Yeah. So like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, pretty boring stuff with the occasional snarky lyric. Follow Ooh, boy, just like Atlanta snark. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what this song sounds like. And, um, but like one of their like prettier songs, but mostly just sort of CCM. And, uh, it was very boring. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting bored just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so are all our listeners. Should we define <laughs> yeah. that acronym? Chris, uh, CCM Christian contemporary music. Yeah. We use it a lot. We throw that around a lot and I hope it's not yeah. alienating too much. I, I always thought that it meant contemporary Christian music, not Christian contemporary music. Did I say it wrong? I think you did. Let's go to the Wikipedia expert on not. buttocks just to see. CCM. I forget which one I said and which one you said. Contemporary <laughs> Christian music. Or contemporary what, commercial music? Oh. Well, oh, well. Is that the one you same said? Same thing, right? Hot takes here on the <laughs> outside of the box set. Oh, my God. It's part of a series on Christian culture, which has a big collage, including Martin Luther and the Pope. With <laughs> Martin Luther is right next to the Pope, hanging out with Bill Clinton. So, whatever. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next song. It's called "Woman Down." Who do you take me for? So luckily, Alanis explains this one for me in an interview. She says, I thought about patriarchy, misogyny, and chauvinism slowly getting in the way of all things, she explained to Billboard magazine, to a point where we alpha women of the past would have had our heads chopped off or burned at the stake, but now we're being celebrated, championed, and even supported. It's an exciting time, so I write about that in Woman Down. Yeah. I guess I guess that's what this is about. I guess so. It's I, This is one of the easier to understand songs i think yeah except there's one phrase that really throws me for the for a loop which is the titular phrase woman down that's she structures the entire song about this because the verses are first woman down was your mother she did condone condone how you behave next woman down was your sister her silence did corroborate next woman down was your lover blah 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 and i don't really understand why she's saying that or what it means yeah though like it would be like man down as in someone died, a man died in war but did or these something, women or die? police. Like what? I I don't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she actually means that, but it seems like she's trying to do some. <laughs> this is so patronizing. It seems like she's trying to do something clever with the 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 um, idiom "man down." Yeah, whoa, trying man to get woman down. down. But <laughs> whoa, man down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but. She she does another weird thing in the chorus. She sings, we've lowered the bar on the behavior that we will take. But the phrase lowering the bar generally like goes hand in hand with like lowering expectations and like making something yeah. easier and more accessible and more permissible. Like, like yeah. we'll put like up with the, more. Uh, the lowest common denominator. Yeah. So like I... <sighs> Like lowered the bar, like, um, like we, the, I don't, (laughs) there's like some, like, 
I, I don't know what she's trying to. I know what she's trying to say. Yeah, but I feel like it's, it's a really pretty clear she's what she's trying to say. That idiom. Yeah, um, it's it's a real it's like hashtag times up situation, and which means Alanis was on this early. She says, "Calling all women haters. We lowered the bar on the behavior that we will take. Come on now." So, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess that's good. But like you said, it's like yeah, it's not really how I mean, phrases are used. Yeah, time's up a little more is a little more succinct, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no one's ever accused Alanis of being succinct, so No. Um there's some other stuff in here. Okay. First of all, like we're I, I'm tearing down this song and stuff, but like whatever. I I appreciate it. Um I'm not going to just because I think that it's a little clumsy say that like it's not of value. I'm sure there is like a lot of uh, people of all genders who f- felt like this song was very empowering or encouraging. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's important to like, I don't think this song is uh, doing a bad thing. And like some songs in the last album, I felt averse to because I felt like the sentiments that they were <sighs> communicating are sentiments that are kind of dangerous unless they're done really carefully. Mm-hmm. Um uh, like ideas about like all, all, all the human race sort of being like one people, if you're a white person saying that, um, or like, um, there's some other stuff that I kind of got pissed off about, but this song I remember. is like, I think it's, I think the like bald statement in this song is like, fine. Yes. Yeah. Like it, you know, time's up. Sure. I'm, I'm fine with that. And I don't, necessarily think that it's because it's clumsily written that uh that it's like hurting it or anything yeah i mean there are some really good and kind of subtle moments in the song that i appreciate a lot in the first verse there's some internalized sexism first woman down was your mother she did condone how you behave all you could see was your father his disrespect was in her face yeah Ooh. yeah that's good that's subtle yeah, you're right. Yeah, this this woman is internalizing the sexism from her husband, I guess. Yeah, the verse two, next woman down was your lover. She takes your spite at value face. Oh, I cannot, cannot handle that inverted grammar. I just can't do yeah, it. That was a real, that's a real bummer. And she's not even doing it for a, a rhyme. For a rhyme. Yeah. Like face doesn't rhyme with, <laughs> with anything. Yeah. Unless the chorus, are you willing to clean the slate? Maybe. I don't know. But that's like... That's many know, like, lines earlier, isn't that's it? That's like 20 seconds ago. Yeah. Um. All right. Next song is called Till You. Spinning Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Alanis tries to find the right romantic partner, but you know it's hard out there. Uh, I think this is about a romantic. Oh yeah, taking no prisoners with my romantic crimes. That's a lyric in here. Uh, romance is like uh, guns and cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what this song is, isn't it? Yeah. So uh... there's like. 
this is uh this is a real parade of of idioms carelessly wielded <laughs> to yeah in this romantic song it's really too, too alanis too furious tokyo drift isn't it <laughs> yeah it's till alanis till furious she <laughs> she sings i'm here dodging bullets till you but um it sounds like she's just saying to you which doesn't make any sense bullets to you hmm. dodging yeah. bullets to you it's like um someone's shooting at you and i'm in the way i'm like oh i, I <laughs> don't want to get hit instead of you <laughs> <laughs> or maybe somehow the dodging is also her shooting this person like you know i'm dodging bullets at you yeah i don't know um yeah taking no prisoners with my romantic cl- crimes what are some romantic hol- crimes cameron <laughs> What are some examples of that? Um, uh, How about shoplifting some roses? <laughs> okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> or maybe you rob a bank together with your partner and then you start boning right in the vault. <laughs> very, very romantic. <laughs> um, uh, k- killing their spouse <laughs> and kidnapping them. <laughs> Shit. That's romantic, right? <laughs> definitely. Let me just uh, get on the phone here. I'm definitely not calling the cops. <laughs> Nine one one. Okay. <clears throat> uh there's, there's some <laughs> uh this last I've been holding on this magnet that calls to you, entertaining myself with these consolation prizes. Magnets, like the how do they work? Yeah. <laughs> uh come here, metal. <laughs> Come here. Here, metal, 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 metal. <laughs> um, so, but she says, yeah, entertaining myself with these consolation prizes, which I feel like is like, like flings or just like failed relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird way to talk about people. <laughs> it feels a little bit like, um, like talking about destiny, like the idea of the one, like I've right. been nursing the thought of you research and deliver because I'm biding my time. It's like, yeah. I'm destined to be with this person, but I keep getting sidetracked with these consolation prizes, which I, I would I would have hoped that Alanis would know better than to fall for that kind of bullshit. <laughs> I mean, when you meet the, when you meet your soul eye, it's... <laughs> <laughs> She's and married. You get, start getting a little romantic. <laughs> Well, She's married idealistic. to her soulmate whose name's Soul. Well, that's a, his rapping name is Soul Eye. Yeah. Um, she also Holding gets Holding my it. breath while you come down the pike. Ooh. <laughs> that's hot. I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. She also uh, gets into that kind of like the one style destiny stuff with the verse. They've been plenty fond, but mere placeholders for you. They fill this dance card as you form in my mind. Which I feel is a much better way to talk about the same idea. Even though even though I don't like the idea very much, I like the way she talks about it here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot better than the kind of clinical second verse. I've been taking notes, nursing mm. the thought of you. Research and deliver because I'm biding my time. Do you think... <laughs> it's kind of, kind of sinister <laughs> sounding. It does, biding my time. It's a little stalkerish. Do you think she means nursing the thought of you as in a mother suckling with her teat 
Or do you think a bar fly at the bar drinking slowly on a beer? Um, it's hard. It's hard to say. Or there's does not, it even matter? There's not really a full stop <laughs> at any point between yeah. these idioms. They're just, um, yeah, tur- turning phrases left and right. Yeah. At least it's a pretty song though, and you had you asked me to sample a different part of it. Oh yeah, which is pretty. Here it is. Yeah, I like that. It's like a R and B nineties R and B moment. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? kind of break because it's very consonant the whole time it stays within the key signature except for that part so yeah this album i mean i feel like this is some of her prettiest singing not that that is what i prefer but mm-hmm. she does sound really good the whole time yeah let's move on this, to this album in general yeah i agree yeah it's 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 like uh well performed that's for sure i just yeah. don't think there's a ton of depth to the songwriting usually nope yeah so let's move on to the next song it's called celebrity So this is a pretty unsubtle, ironic song. She has the yeah. verse, I'm a tattooed, sexy, dancing monkey, just aloof yeah. enough to get you to want me, hoping my persona ingratiates me, give me, give my life for an opportunity. And the chorus is, give me celebrity, my kingdom to be famous. Tell me who I have to be starving to be famous. Now, Nathan, I, I don't have my degree in anything related to the English English language or literature or anything. But um, I feel oh, like really? my kingdom to be famous, I feel like that's a misuse of that quote. Uh, Is it? Hmm. Be- I mean, because if, if she has a kingdom, then she's probably famous, right? That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, the king is probably one of the more famous people in the kingdom. Yeah. Also, wouldn't it be a queendom? How dare you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Boxer in. Oh. Uh, I have tasted stardom since before I breathed. My well-known hungry daddy modeled it for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's talking that's about... A, that's pretty... the funniest lyric I've ever read. <laughs> he was well-known for being hungry. He's like yeah. one of those uh, carnival geeks that like eats airplanes or whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like some pretty heavy did shit. You say, that... Did you say car- carnival geek? Yeah, that's what the word geek used to mean, is like a carny who would eat things that you would not expect people to eat. Yeah. I mean, that's where the word comes from. I don't don't remember the etymology of the word nerd, but geek, like a carnival geek, is definitely a weird eater. Probably someone with pica or whatever. So, does that mean like in the current, like, in the current vernacular use of the word geeked, does that mean like I'm eating that because I like it? Wait, what current vernacular of the word geek? What? It's, it's like the A-V-E geeked. Like, if you're geeked about something, it means you're excited about something, like, in a non-aloof way. Geeked. Oh. 
It means geeking you out about it. something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I'm not exactly sure if this is what they're saying, but I think in the song "Loyalty" in "Damn" from uh, Kendrick's mm-hmm. uh, collaboration with uh, Rihanna, I think the chorus is "I'm geeked and I'm fired up." Okay, I mean, in in according to Wikipedia. Uh, there used to be something called a geek show in traveling circuses and carnivals, which consisted of a single geek who stood in a center of a ring to chase live chickens. It ended with a performer biting the chickens heads off and swallowing them. Oh, so is that what Kendrick is doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yes. Geeks were often alcoholics or drug addicts and paid with liquor, especially during prohibition or with narcotics. Wow. Citation needed. Whew. Okay. Well, that got kind of dark. Um, Let's talk more about tattooed sexy dancing monkeys. <laughs> I just type that in a porn hub. <laughs> a perfunctory reference to that bit we keep doing. Okay. So, I mean, this song is talking about... Some- I mean, I've been, I've been looking at well-known hungry daddies <laughs> <laughs> ever since I listened to this album. Ah, so. It's a much better version of that joke I just made. Um it is some pretty heavy shit she's talking about here, but it's so precedented. I mean, is there anyone who doesn't really know how th- the way the machine of fame works? Like, this is sort of about being a child star of music or acting or whatever. It's kind of unclear. And talking about your well-known hungry daddy kind of pushing you into it and it's shitty and you'll do anything to be famous and you develop eating disorders and stuff. But it's like, do people not, is there anyone who doesn't know that that's what happens to people? Yeah. I feel like it's kind of another song where I've heard it before and she doesn't really say anything besides just giving the general idea. Yep. She's referring to an idea that she heard and felt maybe felt once. Yeah. And I feel it's like weird because I don't feel like she's like bending over backwards to do anything for anybody or to get famous. Is she? Uh, not anymore. I mean, she's probably it's, talking about seems... when she was in her teens or 20s. Right. Right. That's probably the last time she had this kind of experience. Um, and I wish she would go further that direction and talk about directly, specifically her own experience. I feel like that's one way out of this kind of generalized songwriting she's been doing is to ground it in a very specific story about one person, one specific story rather than just like this generalized avatar that she does. And uh, I think that's something that John, John Vanderslice does very well. He ends up writing songs about like nine 11 truthers or like general phenomena but then he grounds it in a very specific character and story what do you think vitamin v is she says god damn it i was gonna ask you that 20th round of vitamin v v for vendetta (laughs) vitamin vendetta uh she's just like pounding all those alan moore books that's alan moore right oh yeah yeah she joined anonymous Um, I'm a because I'm aware of wheels, heels, and vintage Gucci. What? I'm actually not aware of vintage Gucci. Is it different from current Gucci? I don't know. Oh, I gotta tell you a story. When I was teaching, 
uh, <laughs> there was at least one student. I couldn't tell if this was like a general trend among the teens or if this was just one student <laughs> who was pretending to know about a trend. But this student would refer to the brand Gucci as Gooch and talk about all the Gooch things that he had and his Gooch <laughs> sneakers. Seems like an oversight. It very clearly has an eye at the end. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and there's kind of already a word that's Gooch. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, also, here's a question. Do Canadians not say vitamin? Because she distinctly says vitamin V, not vitamin V. Well, she's a dual citizen. Oh, yeah. She's a citizen of the planet now. So she so she has to say uh, both uh, vowels. She says viatamin. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of does that for almost Vietamin. all of her words. Yeah. She just throws random Ys in there for some reason. What are vowels? Hmm. I guess I'll just do all of them. <laughs> A-E-I-O-U and always Y. <laughs> Yeah. The diplong queen is what I what I've always called her. Yep. Okay. Let's go on to the next song. It's called Empathy. Thank you for Uh, Bay sees the whole Alanis, Oliver, and it makes her feel nice feels. You're um, such a millennium with your up-to-date <laughs> slang. Uh, there are so many parts that I have hidden and denied and lost, etc. She says that a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, and then, thank you for seeing me. I feel so less lonely. Thank you for getting me. I'm healed by your empathy. Oh, this intimacy. It's a big time worship song. Oh, yeah. She could have easily ended that with, oh, this intimacy, Jesus. So for those of you who aren't familiar with um, church music, the kind of general goal is for it to make sense for an entire, you know, room full of people to say the same words and to be able to more or less mean it. So you have to write really vaguely most of the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it kind of is prohibitive to like good specific songwriting. Uh, it's really hard to write good music that way. Right. Um, because if you're singing in like the first person like that, it's like, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, it's why a lot of classic hymns from a hundred or 200 years ago are more focused on God or stories from the Bible rather than I, 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 I. Because it's really yeah. hard to write sing uh, first person music that's very vague. Yeah. Oh, I actually have a really good one. Um, so, do yeah. you, are you familiar with shape note singing at all? A little bit. I know of the idea. Uh, so it's this like southern um, southern hymn singing tradition where they would um, the shape notes were like the way of teaching music literacy um, for the churches. Uh, and they have this, uh, hymn that I like pretty well. That's like kind of sexy. Um, <laughs> uh, let me pull it up real quick. I'm kneeling in the pew just thinking about it. <laughs> Speaking of pews, you know what happens when you Here fart in church? <laughs> you sit in your own pew. 
You made that joke on this podcast before. Really? I did? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's play the hits. It was back in season one. None yeah. of them are here now. Yeah. None of our audience uh, is stuck with us. Here, here it is. This is a better song. As pants the heart, H-A-R-T, for cooling streams, when heated in the chase, so longs my soul, O God, for thee and thy refreshing grace. O for converting grace and O for sanctifying power. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name a sweet, refreshing shower. Oh, that is sexy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. In the church I grew up in, we had a song called As the Deer Pants, which... Panteth? No, no, it was actually... I think they modernized it, at least, As the Deer Pants for the Water. You say, as a deer pants for the water. You have to sort of pant in the middle no, of the word pant. There was no miasma there. It was just a single syllable, single note. <laughs> no there might have been like a, a rest. No one's still around from episode one. They just think you're a dummy for using the word, the word miasma. miasma. <laughs> well, they probably don't know the word that I'm referring to because that's nobody true. knows that word. Do you want to define yeah. it for us? Because it's going to come up later in this episode. Oh, that's true. There's a good melisma later on. Yeah, but the hilarious joke that I make, that's my real bit that I'm extremely committed to, is that instead of saying melisma, <laughs> I say miasma, because that's really funny. Uh, yeah. Sucks to your asthma. <laughs> sucks to your ASMR. <laughs> make some very weird and strange jokes based off of uh, oh boy. Lord of the Flies and YouTube videos. So, let's see. This has got to be about Soli, right? Mario Treadway, her husband. This yeah. empathy song, right? If it's not about Jesus, it's got to be Soli, right? Soli Blind? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, it really just could be about anyone or anything. Or Jesus. <laughs> or Jesus. It really I, doesn't matter. <laughs> I really miss the days of Head Over Feet from Jagged Little Pill. Oh yeah, she, she has tried to rewrite that song so many times, and it's just never as good. Yeah, I guess the song is kind of trying to do that, but it's not like there's a quality to Head Over Feet that, even though it was very sweet, it it I was just very convinced by her sort of um, I don't know. She's like kind of like mm, adorable or something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even it, though that that word has a that phrase has a negative connotation to it, but I, I mean it in a good way. Like yeah. she, she's sort of saying like, Oh yeah. Head over feet. Like I feel clumsy around you. And that's like a nice thing to yeah. say to someone. And it also employed so. irony, which this song does not at all. Nope. Yep. Okay. You want to just I go on to the next? what I meant. And I meant <laughs> what I said. Alanis is faithful. 100%. She's definitely abandoned irony. You want to talk about the next song? Lens. Lens. Now it's your, your religion is mine. My We've got a lot of people Love will save us all. Yeah. Well, all we were saying is give love, love a chance. Answer. Yeah. So, there's a quote here 
from the genius, I think, discussing the song's meaning during a webisode filmed for Digital Spy, whatever that is, Morissette explained, looking through the lens of love is really looking through the lens of how we can both win. If we can't both win, then we can't do this. At the end of the day, we're a cooperative bunch, but it hasn't really been focused on. Whatever that means. And uh, I like this song <laughs> up to a point. I really appreciate the music. It's catchy. And I like the chorus a lot. And uh, part of it is a very interesting and evocative description of a relationship. She says, so now it's your your religion against my my religion, my humble opinion against yours. This does not feel like love. It's your your conviction against my my conviction. That's the chorus. But then she gets to the lines, and I'd like to know what we'd see through the lens of love. And that's just... I mean, that's her Aesop's fable moral of this song. And it's so lazy and limp because the issue is is not that these people don't love each other. It's that relationships are hard even when people love each other. It's true. If you if you just loved each other, then you would agree with each other. (laughs) That's so dumb. I hate that. You could make one super religion. (laughs) It's so trite and annoying to give this song a moral about how they just need to look at each other through the lens of love when it's like. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to solve everything. You don't just automatically agree. You can have differences of opinion and even conflict. Yeah, not to accuse Alanis of not knowing what things are, but <laughs> but I'm going to do that. Like, I don't th- yeah, I don't I don't think what she says when people talk about love this way, like in like to equate love with positivity, I have a problem with that because I think it's not true. And I feel like it, it takes a lot of power away from love. I just before, um, we started recording was watching a video of, uh, Colin Kaepernick. Um, that's how you say his name, right? I don't know. Kaepernick. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think so. The, right. Uh, the Neil, Neil, he's kneeling all the time. Yeah. Um, at NFL games and sports ball. Yeah. (laughs) Colin Neal. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so, you know, he's kneeling in protest of, um, uh, you know, police, uh, abusing and murdering, uh, black people in America with impunity. Yep. Is what he's doing. So, um, which by the way, just today, the NFL decided that, uh, starting, did you hear about this? Yeah. Yeah. So fucking stupid. On the day they were recording this, like they're going to start finding players for doing it. Finding teams, actually. Yeah. Finding the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like all of the owners of the teams who are, I guess, unanimous, like they unanimously decided to do this. And I guess they're also all white. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, he was giving a speech, Colin Kaepernick, um, about, he, he was saying that like the, the root of this resistance is all love. And I was like, where are you going with this? And then he's saying, you know, we love Tamir Rice. Um, we love Philando Castile. Um, and, uh, like, that's why we're doing this is because we love these people and we care about them. Um, and then he, you know, quoted James Baldwin and saying like to be black and conscious in America is to be in a state of conscious, uh, um, constant rage, I think mm-hmm. is the, the quote. Anyway. So like that, like kind of saying that that's love is like, wow, that's like, that's such a more powerful 
and impactful thing to say. Yeah. Than, <laughs> than this song. Yeah. Which once again makes me feel like, uh, you know, that she's leaning into this, this idea that she had in the song in the last album, which is that like all conflict, um, in the world can be meta, can be, um, ameliorated. Metaphor- ameliorated is that the word you're looking for <laughs> no what oh, is that okay. i mean maybe should i uh it can be helped or uh what's a what's a good synonym for ameliorated made better <laughs> helped or made better i was gonna say it's like uh it can be explained in the context of a um heterosexual romantic relationship oh. <laughs> in a household okay <laughs> you know it's like what she's literally saying everything out there can be like explained or solved or something uh by our what's happening in our oh, living room i don't think that's what she was getting at i don't think that's what she was saying I think she was well, saying that it's like similar, similar power dynamics or similar interpersonal things that mirror political and systemic realities. Yeah. Which is, I mean, What's, that's true to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent it's true, but like, uh, it's not, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like she's doing anyone any favors by, mm. <laughs> talking about these ideas um in those ways so yeah i mean i think her heart again is kind of in the right place and i could maybe be on board with this song if it were stated in a different way if instead she said something like we need to remember we're ultimately on the same side as each other even when we have conflict yeah which is sort of what she says in that webisode quote that i read earlier uh, but it's just not in the song. Well, she does say, and this stance keeps us locked in boxing gloves. <laughs> locked? You know. You know how bo- boxers get the, they have you know the thing that put on their gloves. You know the thing that Alanis didn't make up? <laughs> <laughs> I think that definitely happens and exists and is real. This, yeah. When you're in a certain stance, it makes you locked. Uh-huh. In gloves for boxing. Yeah, there's some weird sensor connected to your feet where if you're in a particular <laughs> stance, there's these locks that come down on your gloves and you can't take them off. You know, that's real. Yeah. Um, we're making fun of this song a lot, but I do like the music a lot on this one, especially the chorus. Yeah. Even though she ends up pausing in weird places on this chorus, like when she says, my hum bull opinion against yours. I didn't think there's too big of a pause there. My humble opinion. It's it's like it moves along. Uh, it's it kind of weird and awkward. There's it's, some worst moments of that in this album. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not the worst. I um, liked uh, so now it's your your religion against my my religion. Yeah, it's kind of anthemic. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go on to the next song. It's called Spiral. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, it's another one of those songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another self-doubt song, huh, <laughs> Lannis? Yeah. I mean, she's written this song 
every album for the past three or four albums. Yeah. The elusive, uh, perfect self-doubt song. Yeah. I mean, her first one <laughs> was the which best. Her first album had the perfect self-doubt song. Her first album? Uh, didn't it? No, no. Sorry. Her first, uh, I mean, Jagged Little Pill had it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, perfect, the perfect song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although that was less about self-doubt and more uh, horribly abusive parenting. It's true. Yeah. Did she have a self, a good self-doubt song? She did. I feel like it was maybe Inconsistent Affectation Junkie or maybe the one after that. She had <laughs> a... Why are you laughing? I actually said it right this time. Um <laughs> Oh wait, did I? <laughs> I don't even no, know. You said inconsistent <laughs> affectation, Chucky. <laughs> Is that not right? <laughs> oh, supposed former infatuation <laughs> junkie, I guess. You dummy. <laughs> I, got, I got all got all confused. That was a funny joke until you <laughs> got all confused about how much joke. fun we were making of her. Oh my god. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, the Joker has become the jokey, I guess. Um, yeah, no, she had she had a good song that had the exact same message and thesis as this song in one of those post Jagged Little Pill songs that I thought was pretty good, and she just kept rewriting it every album since. Yeah, and here I am in my shame spiral. Uh, I'm sucked into it again, and I reach out for your benevolent. Opinion. Opin- bring opinion. Opinion. Um, can you play that benevolent? Oh, can I? <laughs> and I reach out Benevolent. Benevolent opinion. Benevolent. Yeah. Bun. There's a my Benevolent. There's a <laughs> benevolent. I feel like we're getting into those like uh, pronunciation yeah. guide YouTube videos. Crontupisto. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Jakuki uh, <laughs> uh She does the same thing with shame, except for there's only one. So she goes, shame. It's really but cool, though. Really, I, I, I yeah, dig those really miasmas. Good. See, yeah. that's where it was going to come up later in the episode. Yeah. And now we've explained the bit behind the bit with Cameron and Nathan. Oh, look at her bits. Um, mm. Distasteful. All of these, all of these thoughts in my head, all these tapes swirl around. What is the last album song? Yeah, the same. Yeah, keep keeping my vibe down. Yep, pretty much. Um, yeah. So this this is a song that's about that, uh, except for it has the like, "Won't you help me deal with uh, my insecurity?" Yeah. This, no, it's this in the second person. This song has some of the worst inverted grammar I've ever heard on an Atlanta song. Uh, the genius has it as this moment's narrative is a desperate plea. I think that like <laughs> that's the the person to whom it is narrated. Like the narrator has Yikes. become the narrative. I didn't listen closely enough to the song to hear if that was actually what it who- is. Or like the person who is being narrated about. Yeah, the narrative. So, but she says know. this moment's narrative is a desperate plea for slack to be cut to me. Cut to me. Oh, that's some of the worst inverted grammar I've ever heard. Pretty bad. Yeah. Remember when I was um, trying to be positive about everything? I do. <laughs> uh, this line. 
all these judgments so incisive. Nathan, you know the English language. Doesn't incisive mean like intelligent and like accurate? Yes, it does. <laughs> so she's saying like, and, and all these insecurities, like they're all true. <laughs> the, the fucked up thing is you guys is that i'm right <laughs> oh shit uh, yeah where is that verse three verse three all these judgments so incisive oh voices left yeah. to their own devices she just used that to set up the rhyme with left to their devices yeah yeah incisive uh, there's an interesting quote that the genius quotes where she says, yes, personal empowerment and personal connection with spirit and self. Let's foster that and let's foster personal responsibility. That's lovely. High fives, but we're social creatures. A sense <laughs> of autonomy is lovely, but foregoing interdependence for some steely independence forgoes the opportunity for intimacy, connection, love, and the healing of the planet. I think at some point Alanis learned to give interviews without you know, having 8,000 times more words than there should be. Cause that was actually a pretty succinctly stated idea. Yeah. And she even said the word high five (laughs) (laughs) in there and it's still pretty succinct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. I don't disagree with the song. Did, did we actually synopsize it? We just talked about how it's, another one of those songs but i mean that is the there's nothing to synopsize isn't there i mean i feel like for a lot of these songs she has one idea she has a thesis statement and this one is about how other people can help you get outside your own thoughts and sort of rescue you from your brooding ruminations yeah that's what i said (laughs) is it is it cameron is it roll back the tape Other people can rescue you from your brooding ruminations. Oh, that's a well. You did say that, didn't you? <laughs> okay. Well, I stand and sit corrected. Let's go on to the next song. It's called "I Lay Down Corrected." <laughs> Good night. I am supine corrected. <laughs> Let's move on to the next song. It's called "Numb." Rock and roll. Wake me up. So this song is basically the song Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. and she- Oh my God, you can't just use the words comfortably numb in your own song. <laughs> she did, though. Uh, and she j- the, the idea of the song is she just wants to have something to make her numb. And that's it. Apparently that's a song. Well, she does talk about um, t- uh, being a caretaker and it being exhausting mommies so right maybe it's about being a mom yeah i feel smothered and encumbered and defeated and drawn disappointed overextended and frustrated and shaken this overgiving, overloving, this t- caretaking goes on with no chance of intermission i'll be checked out i'll be gone um that's i think it's more interesting to me if it's about a mother child relationship yeah i agree the idea of like i mean this song being like this intense and being about like kind of hating your kids. <laughs> like, it's like, that's way more interesting and way more uh, identifiable to me. Yeah. Hashtag dad life. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
There's <laughs> speaking of uh, how somber and strange and and uh, angry this song is, and how how much it's kind of filled with rage. She has a very strange way to interact with this phrase. I feel anxious. I am nervous. I am bored. Uh. I'm overwhelmed. Rather be out of my gourd. <laughs> so that's usually something that people say when they're being really silly, but she delivers it extremely gravely. It's so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, Let's it's go like, get out of these gourds, boys. <laughs> yeah. It's as if, it's as if like, uh, someone at a strip club was talking about patooties or something. It's like, well, <laughs> you're being extremely <laughs> silly about something that's not necessarily very silly. Check out my bottom. <laughs> what do you want me to do with my bottom? <laughs> uh, check out that sweet patoot. <laughs> uh. um, there is a good quote from her. Uh, I think this is also quoted in The Genius. This is one of the darker tracks on Havoc and Bright Lights in which Morissette examines a side effect of escapism. She says, quote, There are many ways to get out from feeling things, and usually they're addictive, she noted to Parade, Mag- Parade Magazine. Numb is about the reasons behind my reaching out for the drug of choice, whether it's a substance or a person. I'm curious about the bravery it takes to heal and grow. That's a great interview. Good job, Alanis. Yeah. And I've become comfortably numb, comfortably dumb, comfortably Uh, dumb, (laughs) comfortably numb is a really good song. Yeah. I heard a Pink Floyd song on my Spotify discover daily, whatever they, they call those. And it was a really fucking good song. And I was like, wow, there's actually something. Maybe we should listen to Pink Floyd. Ooh, I'll add them to the list. Yeah, um, it would be good to listen to something from a different time period. Yeah. We're obsessed with 90s and early aughts. Yeah. That's more um, of an accident than anything, but yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, we didn't know that ICP and Alanis and Garth all had the same <laughs> timeline. Yeah. Uh, comfortably numb, though. There's a version of that by The Bad Plus. Do Ooh, you listen to The Bad I Plus? I like The Bad Plus, yes. I don't know yeah, if I've heard that Jet- one, though. They're they're for those who haven't heard them. They're like a piano, upright bass and drums jazz trio um, that uh, do pop songs um, and just popular music. And uh, they partnered with a vocalist for an album, and they did some awesome covers. And they do comfortably numb, and it's like a, I love the original, but I like that's how I first heard the song is this Bad Plus cover, and mm. it's really good. So go check that out. They do a great version They're, of uh, Heart of Glass by Blondie, too. Oh, that's a I good haven't heard that that's one. That's a great... It's a, it's a recording of one of their live shows, I think. Huh. But they do like the... Bah, 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 on the piano. And it's it's great.
version of uh what is it lithium oh yeah yeah, <laughs> is, yeah 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 is incredible yeah that's great i've heard that one um all right we joked about this song actually in the sound sample here's a here's a peek behind the kimono not just not just parting the kimono but a peek <laughs> behind it i guess it's behind us or something i don't know <laughs> this metaphor got away from me anyway uh sometimes Ooh, look at the over here <laughs> yeah uh setting a metaphor isn't having a fight like action figures that's a simile um so sometimes when we play the sound sample <laughs> of the podcast we're sitting here listening to it but we get bored there's like 20 25 seconds where we're just sitting here blah 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 and we talk to each other we say hilarious jokes and funny bits and one of the things cameron said about this song is that it was like uh, wake me up an evanescence song and people in reviews actually compared this song to evanescence so there's that well there you go and there you go next song is called wait 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 oh Did, right, right, right isn't there a uh fiddle solo in this yes there's a fiddle fiddle solo that cameron asked me to sample and here it is Real Garth core. That's not the fiddle solo. That is the time code you asked me to sample. Man, really? Yes, it is. Man, it just sounds really different on the Skype, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there was some fiddle play in there. It was forward There's in the some, mix. like, Eastern European sounding stuff, like, a lot later in the album, and I guess I just didn't give you that. You don't have to include the sins of people. <laughs> go listen for yourself, people. <laughs> it's not on Spotify, so go listen yeah. or whatever. I Good don't luck. know. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Next song is called Havoc. I'm sleeping again. Big time CCM core. I think she's like in the X Games and she's doing um, like radio flyer stunts. Is that what this is about? <laughs> radio flyer Ma- stunts? What? Like yeah, the, the little the red wagons? wagons? Like the Calvin wagons? What? I'm Calvin so and confused. Hobbs. I'm so lost. I'm up, to, I'm up to old tricks off my wagon. Oh! <laughs> I'm, I'm wreaking havoc. Oh, I thought she meant the wagon. The wagon, dead bodies dragon. <laughs> uh, swing low, sweet wagon. Hatchet. Hatchet. What? <laughs> Either one. Not, Either one works. Well, whatever. Havoc. Yeah. Uh, oh, this. Mm, this to is havoc what I wrote. and not to havoc. This is what I wrote under my synopsis. The havoc and refused, the havoc knots. I. Re- <laughs> I refuse to understand this song. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Like it might make sense, but I just was incapable of. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just like, hey, sometimes I slip back into old bad habits. That's basically it. That's all. Yeah. I think I stopped listening after she said, just when I felt humble pie insipid. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't have said that. (sighs) Yeah, that's not great. I love humble pie. I think it's super tasty. I don't know yum, what she's yum, talking yum, about. Yum, yum. <laughs> um, 
She yeah, has and then exempt exempt from this blind side and firmly in its grip. No, you're drunk. If you're exempt from the blind side, wouldn't that mean that like you you're not that it's not a blind side anymore? But then if you're in its grip, starring then Sandra Bullock, ex- then you're not exempt from it. <laughs> White Savior starring Sandra Bullock. Yeah, um, that movie where Sandra Bullock has the the pet black person football player. Yeah. Yikes! Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> problematic. And didn't that movie like win an Oscar or something ridiculous? Yeah, uh, I could tell. Like, I Oscar, remember uh, hashtag Oscars so white saviors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a real, feeling like a real Oscars grouch over here. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for that in the theaters in like 2008 or 2009. I mean, like, <gasps> why are they doing this? They think this is okay. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. It's possible that like maybe she's like a super good ally and it's a movie about allyship, which is I feel like something that's sort of being celebrated more like, okay, we don't want to necessarily alienate you because we do actually want you to be a good ally. Like, so like we will give you some ally cookies, just like fucking help us, (laughs) you know? So like maybe that's what the movie about is about, but it's seems like it's like a a way for white people to feel good about themselves yeah Um, i kind of feel like she's basically uh in the movie get out there's all those people at the at the lunch party early in the film where if you haven't seen get out it involves a black i haven't seen get out you haven't seen get out I haven't oh, seen that's such it a up. good movie. Anyway, it involves a black man dating a white woman, and he goes to visit their home, their ancestral mansion in like, I don't know, it's like Long Island or something. And there's like this lawn party where they invite a bunch of people. And the woman's dad is just constantly saying these like cringeworthy things where he's like, man, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have. And he's just like saying these apropos of nothing to this black man that his daughter is dating. Yeah. And I feel like that's basically how I felt about the yeah. movie, The Blind Side. It's like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. That's a great movie. You got to go see that. Blind Side? <laughs> <laughs> no, you piece of shit. <laughs> get out. And by that, uh, I mean, get out of this podcast and go watch that movie right now. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not Bullock movies. Yeah, it's not a perfect movie, and I think there's parts of the premise that doesn't make sense, but it's also very enjoyable and uh, some important social commentary delivered in a way that doesn't feel like your parents are trying to make you eat your vegetables. Yeah, you know how some movies it's like, oh, this is so important. This is social commentary, and it's just like, well, right. No, it's great. It's uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah. I do like him. He's great. It's a good movie. Um, remember when we used to be talking about Alanis? <sighs> oh, this is this song. Big time CCM alert. She has these lines. Wreaking havoc and consequence, I get reduced by, by, by my own willfulness as I reach for my usual God replacements, which I'm certain oh, is right out of <laughs> like an Amy Grant song or a mercy me song or whatever like masturbation (laughs) i reach for my (laughs) usual god replacement which is my dick and stroganoff i I eat beef stroganoff my jerk it dear (laughs) okay i call it stroganoff and stroganoff 
<laughs> I quit. <laughs> Did I finally drive you off the podcast? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> wow, I managed to completely derail everything. Uh I I hate that, but more I hate my, I hate myself <laughs> for laughing at it. Uh I feel like uh I feel like what's his name? Is it Nick Frost? I feel like Nick Frost and Shaun of the Dead where he's like I'll stop doing it if you stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> And the the it that he's referring to is uh, specifically doing this weird fart routine that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next song. It's called Win and Win. Because we're Here is a song with some depth. I really appreciated this song. Alanis writes about how her codependence in relationships used to take uh, contradictory forms. Either the other person wasn't good enough for her and she looked down on that person, or she didn't measure up to them. And then she contrasts it with her current relationship in the chorus. Because we're eye to eye. We are win and win. We are equal to each other. We are flames of twin. We are offspring of truth. And that's great. And I'm totally on board with that. And I'm loving it until she has the ending line of the chorus. We are partners, sister, brother. Uh-oh. So, oh no. Oh no. I guess Alanis is trying to get in on that incest porn fad that's apparently everywhere. Uh, I, I, I hear. <laughs> Watch where you click. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, it's this is a, a great song with some depth that just has a pretty notable misstep. Why did you have to compare your romantic relationship to siblings? That's not great. Yeah. That wasn't my favorite part of this song. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's understating it. Um... Uh, both directions speak a lie. Up or down, I can feel you. As we battle with our power, we are separate, not looking across. That's a little clumsy, but uh, I'll give it to her. Yeah. The, the the lyrics do get pretty on the nose. There's a, a bridge where she just keeps repeating the lines, same value, same value. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really pretty. And I really yeah. like the music there, but it's just like, okay, <laughs> great equality. She, she says they're locked, locked in uh, box, boxing gloves again. <laughs> <laughs> she does? Really? No, no, she doesn't. Okay. She just says we are locked in the struggle. It, she might as well have said it then. Yeah. Uh, mein Kampf. Um, one thing is it's, mm-hmm. it's a... Well, that's what that's what it means in German. My struggle, Mein Kampf. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a little hard. So that book is sort of a, a confessional. Then <laughs> it's a real emo tract. Yeah, yeah. 
I find it a little bit hard. Tell me if you feel the same way. I find it a little bit hard to take Alanis seriously when she talks about how great her current relationships are because we've gotten she does it every, every single relationship <laughs> you're the greatest man who ever lived yeah <laughs> you're jesus yeah no you're jesus <laughs> she always writes a song about how great and equal the relationship is but then an album or two later she's writing songs about how she was gaslit or whatever and oh my god we saw this most clearly with uh old brian brenolds <laughs> yeah i don't know whatever she can change her mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's none of our goddamn business. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But yeah. I also don't have to be convinced <laughs> either. That's a good point. Yeah. She gets to be happy and then be unhappy. Yeah, why not? Yeah. All right. You want to go on to the next song? Receive? Yeah. Yeah. You got to receive. That was a that was a Parappa the Rapper uh, reference, by the way. Which one? You gotta receive. I don't get it. Did you ever play that game? Nope. You've talked about it we before gotta, with Jay. We gotta get drunk and play that game sometime. Okay. It's super fun, and the music is really good. <laughs> Great. Now, speaking yeah. of music, before you synopsize this one, can I summarize it? This is okay. a commercial for a line of wine products called Mommy Needs a Minute. That's just that's the synopsis. <laughs> exactly. Uh uh so yeah, um I didn't get when I first listened to this that these are all mommy songs, but this is definitely a mommy song. I wake up and first things first, I'm of service. Yep. I make sure your needs are met. Yeah, she says how she says hard as she works as to, selfless. As a selfless. Oh, she uses mm. selfless as a noun. Oh, I don't know if I can Go there, Alanis. Uh, as a selflessness. Um, I give big, I give all. Now it's time <laughs> to regenerate. Mommy needs a minute. <laughs> Mommy needs a minute. Uh, t- today's all about me, all about cup filling. Cup um, filling have with you, wine. Have you seen that SNL sketch? Uh, it came out right after uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. The book was like everyone was talking about it. Um, and, uh, it's like a mother's day thing and, uh, dick, uh, dick in a box. No, wait, no, uh, it, sorry. Mothers, uh, mother lovers. That's what you're talking about, right? No. Um, oh. it's like, it's like all of these different households and the dad and like, uh, kids are going to surprise the mom with breakfast in bed or like in the bath or whatever. And, uh, they like bust in and she's like, um, Di- like obviously masturbating while reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, she's like, get out of here. Uh, and it's really funny. <laughs> I'll try Mommy to look it up and put in the show notes. Yeah, that sounds hot. I mean, funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, today's all about me about cup filling. I'm gonna get drunk. Let's party. <laughs> Mom party. Mom, mom party over here. mom party. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what this song is. Like, 
Uh, it's, it's another one of those things where it's like, it's a good idea and this is important. She talks about how today is all about me learning how, how to receive. So that's, that's like a good idea and it's important, but it's just, it's just another Atlanta song where it's the one idea. And I remember when I was tutoring for critical reading and writing, I used to teach my students how to write a paragraph and key to that was the topic sentence which is the key point that is going to be proved by the rest of the paragraph including supporting evidence and explanation and it's sort of analogous to a thesis statement which is a one sentence summation of what your entire essay is going to prove yeah it's like you know this is going to tell you how moby dick how the white whale is a metaphor for a dick or whatever uh verbatim um Uh, and that's it really seems like alanis gets excited about her thesis statements her topic sentences and then she just doesn't flesh them out or provide any support she just kind of writes around them and just keeps restating her thesis statements her topic sentences yeah i think i think that's what kind of makes it feel like it's venting you know Mm. um as opposed to um as opposed to offering a, an idea or like an insight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to think that Alanis's, you know, most dedicated listeners vent through her. Mm-hmm. That that's like mm-hmm. why they listen. And it's like not about insight. They don't want that. It's just, they want to have this idea um, kind of uh, felt for them so that they can, yeah, I could, I don't know if I was, yeah, I, I could see liking the song <laughs> in another universe. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I have every reason to like relate to this song. Uh, I, daddy needs kind of a stuff. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's daddy like, needs a I, donut. Totally, I totally agree and I totally relate, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't feel moved mm. by the song. So. Yeah, I would have been a lot. I would have been a lot more interested in a song about in a song about like uh, the sort of negotiation of taking space um, in a partnership where you're raising a kid and then being like, "Can I really enjoy this space? Because I'm maybe going to have to like make up for this later." <laughs> you yeah. know, and like like all of that kind of shit is like a lot more interesting and like kind of where where I'm at because. I very seldom actually have feelings of like, oh yeah, it's all about me. I earned this. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I totally do, but it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, that someone write that song. Not me. Not you. Apparently. <laughs> Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. All right. You want to finish big with the last song, Edge of Evolution? I want you to finish big. Oh, I will. Space 
Space, space, space. space. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew, so, pew. This song's a little bit bonkers because Alanis is leaving behind the pop psychology of the rest of these songs, and she does it in a very explicit and metatextual way. The first verse is includes the lines, Here I leave my story, I leave it in the dust. Although this psychology has been entertaining enough, herein lies the witness objective with my stuff. But we're ready to push envelopes into full-blown consciousness. My stuff. My stuff. My, my stuff. lovely lady's stuff. Yeah, Check it out. I guess. Oh, Talk about a mixed metaphor, pushing envelopes into full-blown consciousness. You know, the singularity, <laughs> when the envelopes attain consciousness and take over the earth. <laughs> Uh, uh, they demand our licks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Human beings are eventually enslaved and put into matrix pods where all they do is lick envelopes all day long. Uh, she basically just wants to talk about enlightenment, essentially. She's Man. convinced that we, whoever we is, is on the edge of evolution, which is, i.e., on the edge of Satori or enlightenment or... I guess a kind of singularity, if I'm going to tie it back into apparently whatever is the theme of this episode. Yeah, but she got there um, with drugs, and I don't, I don't approve of that. I dare to resist drugs and alcohol, personally. <laughs> and I'm abstinence until I die. <laughs> that's, that's, what the, that's what abstinence education is, right? <laughs> Never have sex ever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Celibacy. <laughs> <laughs> when you're 80, you should be taking uh, classes on how to bury yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. No little deaths, only the big death. Only the big death. <laughs> Hashtag only big death. Yep. Um, now I'm, I'm going to. She, she sings, I have had my glimpses with and without substances. That's what I'm referring to. Uh, yes, 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 so. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I have had awakenings, so did, not abiding did, for the most drug. part, <laughs> which is right. a really weird and inexplicable line. She has some. Does uh, does that just mean like I've felt elevated or like lofty feelings, and then they it goes away, and I feel grounded again? Maybe it's because they're substances. Like you know, you get high, and then you feel right. like you're one with all life, and then it just goes away as soon as you are not high anymore. Yeah. Although she's just literally saying, when I wake up, I eventually have to go back to sleep. Oh, hmm. okay. <laughs> the the awakenings are non-abiding for the most part. I usually have yeah. to go back to sleep at some point. Every, every once in a while, I wake up and never go back to sleep. But, <laughs> but, mostly, but for the most part, my awakenings are non-abiding. Yeah. yeah. But they, they do say that, uh, I think, is it mushrooms? That they can permanently alter your brain chemistry in a very positive way to treat LS or I almost said LSD PTSD <laughs> or anxiety or depression or something. It's almost know. like you're daring me to take mushrooms. Why not? No, I've a few that. mushrooms between friends. Uh, yeah. So the chorus goes, so here we are. So, so sorry. So here we go here. Uh, fuck. So here we go out here on the edge of evolution. <laughs> okay. Here we go out here on the edge of evolution. And then she follows it up with numbers growing out here on the edge of evolution. And I dare you to tell me what that second line is trying to say. Numbers growing out here on the edge of Nathan, evolution. Nathan, do you ever think about what's the biggest number? 
Uh, I mean, it's infinity plus one, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah, but what about infinity plus... Fuck. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. I just so thought of something. Smart. I just thought of something. What about infinity <laughs> times infinity? <laughs> plus one. Uh... I'm so inspired. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the edge of something. You, oh, you're edging. I'm edging. Yeah. Uh, here, here's an interesting little anecdote about this song. When I was listening to this song out loud to get samples for it, Rachel kind of burst out laughing a little bit, as she has for some of Alanis's music. And she said it reminded her of being under fluorescent lights in a convenience store or something circa early 2000s. That hmm. was very... Very depressing and soulless and the kind of music that would play oh. over like a grocery store or whatever. What kind of grocery stores is Rachel going to in the early aughts? I don't know. Whatever the ones that exist in Cleveland. That sounds awful. All right. Any final closing thoughts about this album? Uh, uh, and maybe about Alanis in general, huh? Yeah. So I kept trying to find a place to make this joke um but i never could so here's oh, a joke good i can't wait um you're so vague you probably think this song is about stuff <laughs> there, there's that joke Ooh. i never found it the right moment there was a there was there would have been a great moment to deploy that joke several episodes ago yeah you're probably saying some bullshit though and i couldn't <laughs> impenetrable yeah. bullshit yeah <laughs> not that you've ever talked over me before <laughs> Only with valuable things. <laughs> Do you? Only with erudite ramblings. <laughs> Do people really pronounce it erudite instead of erudite? Hmm. I think so. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of closing thoughts about Alanis that we haven't talked about already. Just kind of like her generalized songwriting that I I, I just... Yeah, she when she's specific, she's so good, and I wish she were specific more often. Yep. But even I, at the same time, she's very she writes very catchy music, and I appreciate that a lot. I think Jagged Little Pill is probably my favorite album that we've reviewed. Oh, totally for me too. Yeah, definitely the yeah, strongest. So that was overall. nice. Yeah, and overall, I've just had such a lighter feeling listening to this. You know, because at the end of the day, like, uh, like. When she sings a song that's not very interesting or very insightful, you still more or less know what she's singing about or like what she's going for, and it's not offensive. Yeah, she's never talking about sewer skanks. And I always, I always, (laughs) I always believe her. Yeah, you know, like I never believed Garth almost ever, (laughs) and uh, and ICP I believed, but I did not appreciate what they were saying. Um, And uh, so it was nice to feel like on Alanis's side. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Alanis is we have not quite picked out the artist we're going to do after Alanis. What we're going to do instead is we're going to mix up our format just a little bit, just for funsies. Just take a little break. See, just take take a little break. See, before we dive into the career of someone else and what we're going to do for two episodes, I guess, is we're going to talk about some of our favorite albums that we think exemplify good songwriting that we sort of the 
the thing we've been missing in the ways that we have criticized these artists that we've listened to so heavily and we've been so negative and so shitty about Na- them. Nathan, I just want to say, I know you want to choose one of my albums of original songs, but don't do that. That's just nepotism and it's oh, not a good look. God damn it. Well, that there goes <laughs> two of my possibilities I was going to talk about. Uh, do, do, do you want to do... I'm going to talk about... I'm going to talk about my albums. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> as long as we cover them at some point. Maybe that could be a bonus episode. We talk about your songs. Oh, God. <laughs> Kill me. so masturbatory. Mutually masturbatory. Uh, do you want to do next week or should I? Uh, yeah, I'll do next week. Okay. Lay it on I just me. Need to, I just need to figure out what I'm going to do. Okay. But, oh. <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't have anything picked out already, I can go. I don't have anything picked out. I have some ideas, but... Well, are we just going to spring it on the listener as a surprise? Wait, Yeah. No, let's let's have let's have a little tantalizing little teaser that we can give them. All right, fine. Tease, 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 tease. I'm gonna give you a choice. I want to say either Paris 1919 by John Cale, which is 1973, or Follow the Leader by Eric B and Rakim, which is a hip hop record from 1988. I don't know either of those. Either of those? No. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I don't what know. What would I be more interested in? Probably John Cale. If you haven't listened right. to that record, no. I want to make you listen to that record for sure, and I I will okay, eventually want to make you listen to "Follow the Leader" by Eric B and Rakim because Eric B and Rakim are the best thing that ever happened to hip hop. Uh, but for now, let's go with John Cale's Paris 1919. So, are we gonna do a I'll synopsize the first song and then we go back and forth? Sure. Why not? All right. Yeah. We'll just do a normal format and then you'll explain to me why you like the album and your favorite parts and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. But it's going to be like an interesting twist on our formula where one of us is yeah. encountering the music for the first time and one of us is pretty intimately, intimately familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's the thing. I have to find an album that you don't know. Ideally. I mean, maybe yeah. something that I've heard like once or twice, I guess. You, you wouldn't mm. want to pick like Joanna Newsom or something because you forced me to listen right. to those or yeah you just like Owen no Pallet. I've I've already forced you to listen to a lot of music goats <laughs> a lot of music it, it, yeah you already uh. you have uh maybe like some of the newer mountain goat stuff I haven't really like kept up with their music for the past I don't know almost decade yeah so All right. whatever I'll think about it yeah so next week Paris 1919 by John Cale. And isn't that going to be interesting? So until then, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at Tobias Podcast, pow. Uh, please write us a review on iTunes. That's quite nice of you, and we really appreciate it, and it helps us a lot. And if you want to support us even more directly, go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. And if you want to learn more about old time music, fiddles and banjers and string music and whatnot, check out Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool. Get up in the cool, you guys. Get up in the cool, you guys. Just do it. Yes. So until next week with John Cale, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm on my 20th round of vi- vitamin V for Vendetta. <laughs> I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm a well-known hungry daddy. (laughs) I'm Nathan Hunt, and I call it Stroganoff and Strokenoff. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) 
day today but barf i just drank a tall boy of cider and i'm ready to (laughs) cast hell yeah i drank some tequila and then some white wine so whoops uh my favorite one of my favorites no 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 no. (laughs) yeah one of my favorite summer drinks is just uh Cheap Trader Joe's tequila. Drinking too much. What? <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorite summer drinks and pastimes. Um, is just cheap Trader Joe's tequila. It's fine. Whatever. And you just combine it with Rose's lime juice. Oh, it's so good. Nice, mm. refreshing. Like a little bit of ice cubes in there. Mm. Rose's lime juice? Yeah, that's the sweetened kind. It's oh, basically just corn dear. syrup with green food coloring. So <laughs> it has coloring in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not very natural, that's for sure. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well Is that what you had tonight? I did, yes. Is that what I can expect over the next two hours? Some roses, yeah. Hell yeah. Actually, before we get into this episode, hmm. um remember how we signed off on the weekend saying we were gonna talk more on Slack about uh, plans for the future. And then we so, did. And then we totally did that. <laughs> um, do you want to go ahead and do just like a little interlude where each of us talk about one of our favorite albums? Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. I'll announce it I'll, near the end. What if we do the same album? <laughs> I don't think there's much chance of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll announce it near the end and then squabble about it. How does that sound? Great. That sounds good. <laughs> I love squabbling. All right. Let's get this. They see me squabbling. <laughs> they hate in. They're squabbling. <laughs> Trying to catch me squabbling you're, dirty. You're a regular squabbling goblin. Uh, that's what I always said about you. Oh, that's what my mom used to say. 